Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C, Senor. Dimly lit room. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And to kick off a brand new week, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The United Nations Security Council. Also, the mighty Rams of Los Angeles and Derbingles of Cincinnati. So yeah, there's a live, will be on television Security Council meeting today that could be quite the high drama with the United States accusing Russia of a bunch of things. Yeah, I've heard it described as a debate, a live debate. Harkening back to the Cuban Missile Crisis and Adelaide Stevenson back in the early 60s. Somebody's got to bang a shoe. Yes, good stuff. We'll talk about that more coming up. How you doing? Brand new week. Are you excited? Huh? This is the week. This is the week you get the promotion. Or he says yes. Or she says yes. Or your CEO comes into the conference room and says, folks, I have some real bad news. Oh, boy. You don't know, do you? Joe Rogan blinked late last night. We can talk about that, too. In the face of ancient folk rockers, who could stand up <laughs> to the wither, the withering stare of Joni Mitchell? Ukraine wishes. <laughs> They're as happy it's facing off against Russia and not Joni Mitchell. (laughs) I think if you gave me $100 million, as Spotify apparently did Joe Rogan, I might say, I'll I'll, I'll do whatever you want. I'll I'll quack like a duck for three hours every day if you want. I don't care. I got $100 freaking million. If I annoyed Lover Boy, I'd apologize for it. That's fine. (laughs) Whatever. That's great. Pull it. I don't care. We'll talk more about that later. Um, I I know I've asked this before, but I ask again because I don't remember what the answer was. The people that walk slowly across the road (laughs) wearing all black in the dark. Yes, you are allowed to hit them. No, you're not. I'm sorry, I misread. (laughs) That wasn't the question. That law, you are not allowed to hit anybody. What are they doing? What are they thinking? Is, is Is there a thought to that at all? Yeah, I think it's it's an extreme example of that person who saunters across, sort of giving you the side eye, saying, you're going to wait for me, biatch. I feel like they don't look at all. Just people wearing all black, they just start walking across the road where everybody's driving between 35 and 60 miles an hour. They just start mm. walking across. Don't look at all. Just with the assumption that everybody's going to not run them over, I guess. Well, yeah, I think it's it's the tough guy thing combined with an extra measure of stupid. Uh, yeah, or don't care. Yeah, about yeah anything or or wasted. Could be. It's just so shocking to me. Yeah, you know. I mean, when you're you're a parent, I mean, it just God, you drill into your kids. Hey, what, did you look left, right, and left again? Did you come on now? And you got people just wander out in the street, all black, middle of the night. What? Wow, it'll change your life when um, you hit one of them too. Uh, yeah. Well, in what way? Well, legally speaking, it's it's a terrible thing for a human to do, a I human with any conscience. It. I think I'd get over it. Okay, so I have no conscience for getting... I think you walk, you just wander out in front of me in the dark, wearing oh, all no, black, no, no, no. and I hit you. I don't know how much sleep I'm going to lose over that. I don't want to do that. Oh, no, that's what I... Yeah, I think you've overinterpreted what I said. I mean, the, 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 the sound of it and the crumpled body oh, yeah, and the rest no, of it, it'd would, make you sick. Oh, yeah, it'd be horrible. Well, yeah, it'd that's be horrible. what I'm saying. I didn't say I'd lose any sleep. But, uh, if I do, I can knock it back with the, you know. 
<laughs> Something purple and yummy. Right. So are you? Uh, I just uh, heard this the other day. So back in the uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis days, which is the closest the world has probably ever come to blowing itself up, um, they had one of these special meetings at the UN, and the United States challenged Russia there with the cameras on. And Adelaide Stevenson was our ambassador to the UN then, failed presidential candidate, and uh, and he asked the Russians point blank if they were putting missiles in Cuba, if they had missiles in Cuba. And they're kind of hemming and hawing, and Adelaide Stevenson yelled, Don't wait for the translation! Answer the question, yes or no! And it was a highly oh, dramatic right. moment in world history. Yeah. And then Good he held stuff. up the pictures, showing that they were lying, because we had photos of that. I don't know if that would work anymore, because <laughs> he can show me a photo of anything right now. You know, a lion with Britney Spears' head on it, having sex with a giraffe. <laughs> I did. For instance. Yeah, it would yeah. look real... Right. So I don't know yeah. if that works anymore, or since uh, since Iraq, we had photos of various things that turned out not to be true. But anyway, that was a very dramatic moment uh, back in the day, and uh, really swung world opinion. I don't know what's going to happen today at the UN. I feel bad saying this. I don't remember who our UN ambassador is these days. Um, African-American lady. I don't remember her name. Hmm. I've heard her speak. She sounds quite uh, capable. Um. So I did a little brushing up on the Ukrainian president over the weekend because he said some wacky stuff over the weekend. What is he up to? Well, I'll tell you what he is. He's Bodie, he's Bodie McBoatface. That's who the president of Ukraine is. It doesn't get enough talk or attention. Get into that later. But he is Bodie McBoatface, and the world, for some reason, is ignoring that. What do you mean, sir? Remember when they are going to name the boat and they put it up to, what town was that? Is that San Diego, L.A., where, where was it? Someplace it was a big, in America. big research vessel, wasn't it? Someplace in America, they were naming a big, a big giant, uh, expensive boat, and they put it up to the voters of the city to vote. And somebody came up with Bodie McBoatface, and it got the most votes. And then yes. they had to decide, well, we're not going to actually name it Bodie McBoatface, but we'll have to come up with something. Because people like just jerking around poles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And the most popular show, it was like... It was like um, uh, like Seinfeld at its height was this YouTube show about this wacky president that Zelensky was the star of the show. From all through high school, straight out of college, his whole life, he's been a, a sketch comedy. He's Will Ferrell. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. And he was a he played the president on a YouTube video. And I think it just got started as kind of a lark, and he rolled with it. And the next thing you know, he's president of the freaking country. Oh, boy. You know, when um, Arnold Schwarzenegger went on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and said, I'm going to run. I'm considering running for governor. It was a joke. It's now known. It's been reported. He was just kidding around. Yes. But somebody did some polling right away. He was at the top of the polls. He ran with it. That's what Zelensky did. And that's why he seems so unqualified to be dealing with the Trump impeachment or this. Well, that would explain Arnold's performance as governor. Uh, yeah, back to Zelensky. Wow. He's Bodie McBoatface. And nobody wants, you know, nobody called him out on that or, or made that point during Trump impeachment one because it would have lessened the argument. It made it better to treat him like, you know, an actual serious world leader like anybody else. I mean, he is mm. the leader of the country and everything. I mean, that's all true. Well, right. That's the difficulty of it. Both are completely true. But I think it would undercut things a little bit if you'd have pointed out, you know, he was a, he was a, it was a joke president on YouTube and people just started voting for him. And they thought it'd be funny. And next thing you know, he's president. Um, 
but now he's he, like he said on Friday, he said, oh, we appreciate what the United States is doing, but we don't feel like we need to like like the United States just the way other countries do just because they're United States. What the hell does that mean, dude? What that are you talking a little about? high school cheerleaderish there, uh, <laughs> Z-Man. <laughs> what are yeah. you talking about? I, I don't know, man. Even if he were not some sort of YouTube comedian, he's in an extremely difficult spot. He's got, uh, you know, his big defender, the U.S., is kind of sort of on his side, more or less, if it's convenient. He's got the, the Russian bear over there. He doesn't want to w- w- whip up anger. All those comments about, hey, 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 we're not panicking. We're good. Nothing's happening. Putin's not coming in here. No, hey, stop. With what is that, that all stuff. about? I don't know exactly. What kind of a play is that? You know, I was trying to analyze it in in uh, standard geopolitical terms. What is that maneuver? What seeds is he trying to sow there? But you know, you could be right. He just he's Will Ferrell, who yeah. seems like a lovely fellow. Sure, uh, but uh, who knows? Maybe he was just thinking, "I'm going to play it like it's not going to happen." That way, people will think it'd be totally crazy if it did happen. <laughs> I'm going to act like there's no way it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, more on that later. Let's start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. Last day of January, January 31st, year 2022. New you in 22. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin then officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. Dotting our I's, crossing our T's at Mark. Nobody open, but he is able to move outside and find Tyreek Hill for the... That was hard to listen to. What was that? That was the halftime uh, analysis little show there at, uh, I think it was the AFC Championship game, and I loved the one tweet. It said, uh, Fox, uh, was it Fox uh, at that point or, or CBS? I can't remember. CBS. said uh, CBS has finally <laughs> found a way to make halftime analysis tolerable. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good because those halftime shows are boring. So you couldn't hear the dudes? Right, exactly. They ran the uh, the stadium audio every bit as loud or louder than the guy's mics. Awesome. So it's just cacophony. More of that, not less. Here, here. Does the NFL have one more exciting game in them? Because they've all been exciting for the last couple of weeks. I think so. You know, I know Cincinnati is kind of a small market team, uh, but they've got a terrific, exciting team. The Rams are clicking. They're an exciting young team. It's going to be a good Super Bowl. Uh, how's mailbag look? That's oh, good. Solid. Yeah. Sprawling epic. Fantastic. We'll get into the news of the day. There's a fair amount of it on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. in the newsroom helped me move over the weekend, which is very handy. Alex, uh, is Mimi the cutest pug you've ever seen in your life? It was pretty darn cute, not going to lie. Yeah, pretty cute. I just feel like you're exploiting the young man. You're, you're exercising your power over him. It's sexual harassment, but with furniture. I gave him my TV. He did. It's a nice well, TV. Wait a minute. Eh, square deal. Um, I can't believe Joe Rogan caved. I'm, I'm actually kind of bothered by that. Hey, I know what you mean. Caved is one way to describe it, and in a way he did, and another way he just just gentlemanly about it. Um, in a way that we're not used to these days. Which was it? I don't know. We'll talk more about that later. Yeah, yeah, we will. 
Stay with us. I think it's one of the more important questions uh, before yeah. us as a society. I, honestly. I agree. That's why I'm talking about it, not just yeah. because it's a uh, you know I'm in the industry or whatever. No, I don't. I, I Spotify can you know triple in size or disappear overnight. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't. I don't care. Um, but I think that the question at the core is worth uh, discussing. Here's your freedom loving quote of the day. I'm considering, considering a series of quotes from the great, the brilliant Alexander Hamilton. And these quotes Alexander will. Alexander Hamilton. Wait, 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 you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never seen it. I tried to shout him down. I was going to say these quotes will enlighten. They will uh, delight you. They will stir your patriotic fervor. They will stimulate your intellect, but I'll only do it if Jack promises not to sing. They'll make you want to dance. Oh, no, no. It's actually a really good uh, musical. I believe it. It's good. I read the biography, so you guys should have played music in the background while I was reading it. Yes, you're better than us. All right. Here's your Alexander Hamilton uh, quote. In framing a government which is to be administered by men over men, the great difficulty lies in this. You must enable the government to control the governed. And in the next place, oblige it to control itself. Um, you know, uh, more to the point on just Alexander Hamilton, one thing you learn from uh, from Hamilton or reading anything about the Founding Fathers is they they couldn't have disagreed more. We, we refer to the Founding Fathers like they're a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I mean, they they thought the other side was just as wrong and going to destroy the country as uh, as leaders do now. Agreed. Well, great. Yeah, In fact, but, probably more so, because I think a lot of times when you hear leaders talking about it today, it's just talk. They're in on it together, and they're getting wealthy. Mm-hmm. These these people actually thought the country's going to cease to exist, and I might be hung as a traitor if it doesn't work. Yeah, in the in the first round, you know, the revolutionary period, they had George uh, III's swords to kind of uh, concentrate them on the purpose at hand in spite of their disagreements. The Constitutional Convention, I'd like to learn, about, I'd like to read more about that. Why there's several sure books that great books. Yeah, there are a couple that are fantastic. Um, Do any of them have dancing? Nah, we should set them to music. That'd be a yeah. good idea. Oh yeah, yeah. The third article. The third article. Let's write it now. You know that sort of thing. Kind of old school. Ethel Merman. You know. I have more on that, but I don't want to take up all your time. Yeah, we're practically done anyway. There we go. Uh, oh, you know this was sent along by Lori. Lori, I think it's terrific. It's a it's a word. Is it mailbag time? Oh, mailbag. Sorry, we hadn't yet delved in it. Right. So, uh, Lori sent this along. It's a word that uh, was uh, coined allegedly in 2003 by journalist and political scientist David Rothkopf in a Washington Post column. The word is infodemic. Infodemic. A massive amount of widely and rapidly circulating information about a particular crisis or controversial issue consisting of a confusing combination of facts, falsehood, rumor, and opinion. Interesting. Infodemic. Wow. How familiar does that sound in recent days? Uh, moving along on the topic of twerk or not twerk, uh, James sent along a, a handful of twerk or not to twerk. I'm twerking right now. Look at this. <laughs> ah! Oh, my eyes! My eyes! I'm twerking. Uh, let's see. A couple of ancient sayings. Busy hands are happy hands. Uh, hands that can't go wrong. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. And according to Second Thessalonians, quote... If any would not work, neither should he eat. Mm, that's a good one. That is a good one. Pretty straightforward in that Old Testamenty way. Have lawyers argue over that. There's no arguing over. Uh, let's see. And the, oh, on the anti-work 
uh, what do you call it, uh, message board there on Reddit. This is not important in and of itself. I just think it's important how online politics works. Uh, Jack in Berkeley, California, writes, um, the anti-work Reddit community used to be politically neutral and just focused on workers' rights, rejecting hustle culture, sharing news about companies that switch to four-day work weeks, trying to promote work, promote work-life balance, and that kind of thing. And he mentions a couple of books that it was centered around. Community exploded in popularity thanks to Andrew Yang in the 2020 Democratic primaries and his uh, message about a future where there are far more people than there are jobs and universal basic income. Sometime in the last year or so, a bunch of new moderators took over the group and made it hyper-political with a far-left slant. They started banning anyone who wasn't fully on board with a radical left woke ideology uh, and essentially went way left Marxist. That's interesting, but so it started as rejecting hustle culture. I reject that as moronic. The premise in the beginning was stupid. Rejecting hustle culture. Good luck with that life attitude. Good well, luck what, out what there. What does hustle culture mean to them, though? I don't know the definition, so I can't reject it. Trying hard, hustling, everything you do and you teach your kids to do, all of that. Freaking morons. Good luck with your lives. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Only nine states, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico still require indoor masking, regardless of vaccination status. San Francisco will ease its mask mandate starting Tuesday. And in Roanoke, Virginia... It's time to stop refusing parents their right to parent. The school board agrees. Masking's optional starting next month. So we're going to work this conversation into talking about Joe Rogan, the biggest podcaster in the world, and uh, his capitulation to the uh, ancient folk singers. Um, (laughs) It's pretty accurate. So what you just heard there, there are nine states that still have mask mandates. I think, doesn't California have a mask mandate? But San Francisco announced they're not going to have a mandate for San Francisco. Is that overriding the state, or did the state mandate go away, or does anybody pay any attention anymore? And the reason I bring it up is this. So I went to a major event in California over the weekend with my kids. I went to professional bull riding the other night, and uh, Friday night, and there were about 12,000 people there, packed house. So uh, as I talked about last week, you had to have a vaccination to get into the building. My kids aren't vaccinated. Neither are 80% of kids nationwide. Um, but my kids aren't vaccinated and you have to be vaccinated. So their deal is you can get vaccinated on, or you, you don't get vaccinated. You can get tested on site. You get your result in 15 minutes and then you can walk in costs 40 bucks per person. I mean, oh. so I'd like to know what portion of this is health and what portion of this is money making scam. I mean, come on the line of people to get tested at $40 a pop was unbelievable. I might've made more money off that than they did popcorn. Wow. In fact, they almost certainly did. So I just wonder how much of that is, you know, who's going to want to pull the plug on that? I don't think we need to do that anymore. Who's going to say that when somebody's making $40 a head? 
Not people doing the tests, not, you know, whoever's getting that money. And, you know, it occurs to me, you need, like, moment-to-moment updates to keep track of what states, counties, venues, whatever, are demanding. But a lot of it is driven by the venue or the the artist or the promoter. Well, okay, the, so... But, the, 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 the COVID policy. But so dig this. So uh, I pay 80 bucks for my kids to get uh, tested real quick. They come out and say, well, they're clear, and give them a wristband. Those, those, and I yelled back. I didn't yell back. Those tests are practically worthless. Um, But... Here's my money. And so we get our wristbands and we go in. Masks mandatory. Masks mandatory. Everywhere they have de- there's signs everywhere. Uh, we had our masks on. I just wasn't even really thinking about it. We got in there and, and my kids said, Dad, can we take our mask off? I said, no, we probably shouldn't. And they said, nobody else has one. I looked around and there wasn't another human being in the place with a mask on. So we took <laughs> ours off. So there were eight. There were 12,000 people in a mask mandated arena. With no masks on, and nobody said a word about it. The rodeo clown at one point said, I guess you don't all care about the law much, do you? And everybody cheered. Um, <laughs> but the, so what is going on here? What, what are we doing to society where we have actual laws? I mean, this is, this is the, has the force of law behind it, and you have 12,000 people ignoring that law, nobody doing anything about it. What is that? Well, that I- has never happened in my lifetime. <laughs> I think what it is, is uh, it's that uh, editorial we were discussing last week by the Englishman about how you get used to the weird, uh, I don't know, how, what, how do you even describe it, uh, surreal life you're living where everybody lives, everybody ignores the rules or ignores the responsibilities and, and the authorities lie to you and you say, yes, I know. And then everybody knows it's a lie. It's just that, that dishonesty that's at the heart of like socialist and communist uh, society. Right. I think it's, I think it's terribly damaging. It's on somehow uh, in a way, you know, you just explained it, but in a complicated way for society, it's a big deal. Like I said, this never happened in my lifetime where there was some law that that many people just ignored. So what is going on with the relationship between power and people and laws and everything like that? You got signs everywhere and nobody cares. Not to mention the weird, every news show has an expert on, say, a scientist say that maybe in February we can relay. Nobody freaking cares. Nobody's yeah, listening right. to you. Who are you talking to? On the other hand, now, this is weird since San Francisco just announced that they're not going to enforce mask mandates anymore. Buddy mine was at a Warriors game, probably the best NBA team in America, uh, was at a Warriors game. They had a mask mandate and they had people patrolling. And if you took your mask off to eat a little bit and stood away, they'd come by. So you haven't taken a bite in a long time. Put your mask back on. Oh, my God. That's how <laughs> big a sticklers they were. Wow. For the Golden State Warriors. I'm not rooting for that liberal team. But here you got 12,000 people indoors, side by side, breathing on each other. Nobody in there cared. Well, with all but, due respect to that experience, you watch the uh, the Rams-Niners game, they're like 60,000 people in exactly the same situation, including the governor of the state, the mayor, various potentates up there in the skyboxes, totally unmasked, hobnobbing, having a big time. Nobody cared. Nobody was enforcing it, yet we uh, a whole bunch of us paid $40 a head to get tested, a fake test to go in. Mm-hmm. You know what occurred to me, uh, even as I was talking about how, you know, in your totalitarian societies, your communist societies, uh, when people, actually this is a quote from the editorial we were discussing, when people are forced to remain silent, when they are being told the most obvious lies, or even worse, when they are forced to repeat the lies themselves, they lose once and for all their sense of probity or truth, uh, the ability to, to sense and, and speak the truth. Um, and, and, but it occurs to me that 
you know, in communist societies, you end up with a slump-shouldered, head down, waiting in line for uh, toilet paper, beaten down masses. In the U.S., at least to a large extent, you end up with stadiums full of people, in effect, with their middle finger extended, being more kid rock than they are, you know, I hate to name any of my favorite artists who, like, have fashioned their lives around being COVID compliant and written songs about it, for God's sake, and how much they hate Trump. But I think we got more kid rock in us as a country but, than a lot do. But don't you think that's going to have an effect on people obeying other laws? I yes, know it is 100%. With, I, I know it is with me. I, I'm, I used to be a, it's the law, you follow it, outside of, you know, driving faster than the speed limit, um more or less law-abiding citizen. Now I am much more of a, I take them on a take case-by-case basis, mm-hmm. and I think if they apply or if the, if the threat is strong enough, I'll follow it. Otherwise, I'll decide for myself. And my kids are learning that, too, in a way that I didn't as a kid. They were sitting in that stadium where the the law was we had to wear a mask, and nobody was, and everybody laughed about it. They were, everybody was laughing about the idea that we were breaking the law. Right, right. I think I did a poor job of uh, of bottom lining it. Uh, you are going to see a lot of people engaged in slavish compliance, sheep like compliance, no matter how idiotic and dishonest their orders are. And then you're going to see a hell of a lot of people engaging in middle finger raised cynical defiance, which isn't necessarily a good thing ultimately. But uh, I'm kind of uh, sympathetic to that. Not kind of. I'm sympathetic to that side of it, honestly. Yes, Michael? A lot of the stores that I'm going into now, they have the signs up and people walk in with the mask. And as soon as they get through the entrance, they take them off and there is no enforcement whatsoever. You know, but some of it is cultural. It varies from crowd to crowd. So at a, you know, at a pro bull riding crowd, not surprisingly, there were quite a few people that probably aren't big on the whole mask wearing thing. Right. So even though it was mandatory and we were indoors with the Omicron wave in full force in this area, nobody was wearing a mask. Now, yesterday I was in a town where I live. We were outside at the park and every single adult and child had a mask on except for my kids. That's cultish. That's scary. (laughs) A lot of these people are good friends of mine. I got nothing to say. I got no complaint. Do whatever you want. And I don't care if other people wear masks. It doesn't bother me. Um, if you want to wear a mask, I just think it's really interesting. Well, why don't you say in advance that I am a crazy, dangerous human, and you disagree with everything I say, because I'm going to let rip. And and with all due respect to people who are nice in many ways, I'm sure, and good, hardworking folks, love their kids, blah, pay their taxes, blah, blah, blah. You are a freaking cultist, or you're just concerned that everybody around you is a cultist, and you don't want to stir up any, you know, dirt. And I'll bet, even though only... Uh even though 80% of kids in America are not vaxxed, fully vaxxed, mm-hmm. at that park, I'll bet it was more like 80% were. So you got a whole bunch of kids fully vaxxed in masks. Right. Wear a green hat. Wear a green hat everywhere you go outdoors. That will do every bit as much to protect you from uh, COVID as a mask will outdoors in the park. But that's, that's your, your magical green hat. The park I was just talking about is as the crow flies 11 miles from the basketball stadium where 12,000 people were not wearing a mask indoors. Right, right. And another 12 miles from a large chunk of California where people would fight you for even suggesting you wear a mask outside (laughs) in the park. It's interesting culturally. Hell yes, it is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we ought to get to Joe Rogan at some point. Why don't we uh, take a quick break and then discuss the the uh, the pressure and capitulation of the great Joe Rogan? I don't like the way I smell today. 
<laughs> in what way? I mean, how, what do you smell like? An aggressive scent. <laughs> I was out of my antiperspirant. You got to get yes. antiperspirant. To explaining this to my kids, deodorant is not the same as antiperspirant. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, but it don't do much. No. Um, you got to have the end. Anyway, so I'm out of my roll-on stick thing or whatever it is that I've been using my whole life. And uh, I door dashed the grocery store because uh, my one kid, it's hard to get out of the house. Um, and the door dash substituted an aerosol spray for the. And I hadn't used an aerosol since oh. I was using my dad's right guard when I was in seventh grade. Yeah. And. Uh, Good. I thought that was illegal. I didn't even know I had aerosol anymore. Anyway, I like covered half my body in that stuff. Oh, yeah, and, and both I, your lungs. <laughs> I smell like the Chief's locker room today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't like it. I smell I smell like old man at the gym who's been, uh, you know, working out. Yeah, That's well, what I smell like today. If the shoe fits, huh? <laughs> huh? Joe Rogan capitulated. That next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely, I get things wrong. But I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is. And I'm interested in having interesting conversations with people that have differing opinions. Um, I'm not interested in only talking to people that uh, have one perspective. For some of you, that might be the first time you've ever heard his voice, Joe Rogan. Uh, he's got one of the most popular podcasts in the world. For some of you, you've been into his show since he started. It's hugely popular, and he signed a deal for $100 million with Spotify last year. And one of the reasons that he is so successful, I think, is he is willing to have all kinds of different people on his show and let them talk. And say, well, that's interesting that you think that. How come you think that? Right. And and it was it's so refreshing compared to, you know, most almost all other media where you have to be constantly afraid of uh, of having something on that makes somebody unhappy or you lose your job. Yeah, and the interesting thing about Rogan, the reason he's so popular, and this may shock a lot of people, is that it is not immediately apparent what tribe he's in, or he's not very consistent he's in not, his tribalism. No. And, and you know what? N- neither were most people up until fairly recently. Yeah. And I think yeah. in reality, most people aren't. But Yeah, Rogan is brilliant and dopey and informed and uninformed, but he's unfailingly honest, and, and I think that's really appealing. And, you know, speaking of honesty... Uh, there's a, there's a part of me that hates that he quote unquote caved, and uh, the long story short is that uh, Spotify said, yeah, we're going to put some advisories on some of the podcasts, saying, hey, if you want some more information, uh, you can look here. But Rogan said, you know, I probably should have more opposing points of view, like right after a super controversial or minority point of view. He said, yeah, I can see the point of that. Well, backing um, up just a minute. So last week, uh, Neil Young, the famous ancient rocker, said, you can't play my music on Spotify if you're going to have Joe Rogan on there. Right. I'm yanking my music off of Spotify. And then ancient, you've never heard of her unless you're a certain age. Joni Mitchell said the same thing over the weekend and a few other musicians. And Apparently that mattered enough to Spotify or they were just scared enough as corporations get. They're just scared enough. Might have been a few tweets out there that they didn't like, and that's all it takes for most companies to uh, to to run for cover. 
Yeah, and I guess Spotify went to Rogan. Rogan said uh, the Spotify proposed a handful of measures, and Rogan said, that's fine with me. I'm a huge Neil Young fan. Uh, I'm just having interesting conversations. He said, it's a strange responsibility to have this many viewers and listeners. It's nothing that I've prepared for. I'm going to do my best to balance balance things out. He essentially said, I'm a dope. I'm just asking questions and trying to have interesting conversations. So, like I said, on the one hand, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that he was as compliant as he is in the face of what I think is a really unhealthy attack. And I read a great uh, editorial about that. Maybe we'll we'll get into it in a minute. But um, on the other hand, what he said was so reasonable and and decent and fair that I, I got to admire him for it. I wonder if this is going to damage his brand any, because part of his whole brand was, I get to say whatever I want. I talk to whoever I want about whatever I want, and nobody can cancel me because I'm a podcast. And yeah. I wonder if this is going to, you know, take some of that, the shine off of that, the sheen off of that. I wonder. It depends how much of his brand is defiance and how much of it is just honest inquiry. Because, you know, knee-jerk acceptance of anything you're told is is the mark of a dumb person. And knee-jerk rejection of everything you're told is equally dumb. And so uh, what I'm saying is, and I don't think... Rogan was the least bit worried about, you know, money or Spotify or being in trouble or anything like that. I think he said, you know, those are pretty uh, reasonable suggestions. Thanks. I'm going to do that. And and if indeed his brand is more what I think it is, I don't think that'll hurt him. How did we get to this place where if somebody says something that is wrong or you disagree with, it's a horror of some sort? Yeah. Yeah, at Washington Post columnist Sonny Bunch, who really ought to change his name. He sounds like a, a drink kid's drink at the halftime of a soccer game or like, I don't know, a, a, an actress of the 70s with large breasts and blonde hair. Sonny Bunch. But anyway, uh, he wrote a piece that I thought was pretty good. In, in the long story short, it's kind of what you're saying, Jack, that if, if somebody disagrees with you, you need to cut off all ties immediately. There needs to be they need to go over there. And you can't listen to Neil Young and think Joe Rogan has interesting conversations. Those can't even exist in the same corner of the Internet, whatever that means anyway, well, in the real world. For instance, Joe Rogan regularly had Alex Jones on. What's the problem with that? I think Alex Jones is a, well, he's a, he's a circus act, and he knows he is, and he, he knows exactly what he's doing. And he says all kinds of stuff that's not true, and he doesn't believe it himself. I don't understand how damaging that is. And Joe Rogan wants to have him on. In the same way that 60 Minutes profiled him, Joe Rogan has him on and say, here's a guy that has like makes $60 million a year spewing crap. Let's have him on to hear what he's all about. Why does that threaten people? It's that view of, uh, of you've got to suppress that which you find uh, objectionable or dangerous or whatever. The way Sonny Bunch put it, and I like this, he said, uh, freedom of association. Those of us who celebrate freedom of association, if you, you know, I'll make it a long story short. So you're living in a neighborhood, and you don't like one or more of the neighbors. That's right. You're absolutely free to move somewhere else. You know, freedom of association. Or maybe you don't like any of the neighbors or something like that. And he says, you know, similarly, Neil Young, if he doesn't want to be on Spotify with Joe Rogan, he has a, every right in the world to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to associate there. But what's different now is the whole, I don't like something. Therefore, I demand it be removed. It's freedom of association, but you demand those three families be thrown out of their houses. 
And that's that's unhealthy. That's bullying. And it's it's a kind of a belligerent self-righteousness, especially because, oddly enough, Neil Young has this history of like really nutty, completely unscientific, uh, like crazy hippie anti GMO stuff, including some developments that have been really great. Uh, but he's he's got that weird granola hippie thing going, and I don't know. He's just a self-righteous bully. Uh, I don't know, but I, I wonder. Uh, maybe he won't, but I think it's possible that Joe Rogan will not have certain guests on that he might have had on in the past or think twice before he says or does this now that he's headed down this road. I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see. I doubt it, but I could be wrong. One of the things he said is essentially, if I get a doctor on that represents only 3% of doctors and what they think, yeah, I should probably point that out and maybe have a mainstream guy on so people can decide for themselves. I wish, but, he'd, I wish he'd have said to Neil Young and Spotify and everybody else, sorry you feel that way. I'm going to keep doing whatever I want. I wish that's what he would have said. If you got $100 million, you certainly could say that. But again, I, I ask, what if he thought they were right? Then what should he do? I see you could say the same thing. I'll just keep doing whatever I'm doing. Sorry you didn't like it. Armstrong and Getty.